Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Kyle. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. Jeff is back on the board again this morning. Howdy to Jeff. Yes. Uh, we have a couple of great guests lined up. Um, but first, as always, we want to thank our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. It is through their grant dollars that we are able to create shows like Rhode Island Avenue Radio and all of the um, training, education, and grants that we provide to small businesses throughout the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street corridor. So thank you to DSLBD and DHCD. Um, and, you know, some quick announcements. Um, because tis the season, Fall Fest is coming up on September 30th uh, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's a Saturday. It will be a beautiful day, knock on wood, because we're owed some nice fall fest weather this year. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, no no hurricane last year, but it was a little drizzly, so we're, we're going to, fingers crossed, knock on wood. Yeah, All we're the, due for good weather. We're due for, for, we're due for good weather. Uh, so we're going to speak that into existence. Exactly. Um, and we are... We're full. We are at capacity on our vendors. Oh, that's awesome. And we have some very exciting new vendors, one of whom we're going to speak with today on the show. We're very excited to have them join us. Um, we have some new sponsors that are coming on. Uh, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, uh, one of our guests was New Columbia Solar, and they have signed on as our entertainment sponsor, entertainment stage sponsor this year. We're very excited about that. Uh, and we're pleased to say that we're going to have our entertainment stage in the Rita's um, Water Ice parking lot this year. Um, so that'll, um, that'll be a new little twist on, on the event. Uh, we've got some other great activities lined up for Fall Fest from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, September 30th. So um, be sure and... and um, be there or be square. That, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Put it on your calendar. Exactly. Show up. Uh, and I just want to make a, a pitch that the majority of our vendors uh, are either um, businesses that are right here on Rhode Island Avenue Main Street or they are small businesses that are based here in D.C. and growing, or they are creative uh, folks from here in D.C. and growing. Um, you know, we got you know a couple of, of out of towners in there to you know fill in some blanks, but by 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 and large, this is this is all made this is in a D.C. Hometown event, yeah. yeah. So, so come out and support your neighbors in, in your city. Um, let's see what else we got going on for business owners on, um, Tuesday morning, September 12th, we have our, um, final installment of the bottom line labs for this year. Um, uh, it is all about buildings and spaces this time. Um, so it will be from, um, 9am to 12 noon, 9 to 12, uh, at SB works, 2316 Rhode Island Avenue Northeast is the location where we're going to have that. We're going to have some um, experts on hand to talk about um, things associated with buildings and spaces. We're going to have the Great Streets team out to talk about the Great Streets grants. Um, we've got a couple of um, architects and interior designers. Uh, I believe New Columbia Solar is going to come visit for a while um, to make a pitch for their um, solar panels for your business rooftop. Um, and, and each one of those, um, 
professionals will give an overview of um, some important points in their services. And then the rest of the time will be dedicated to breakout sessions where you can sit down one-on-one with those experts and talk about your business needs. Um, and even if you don't have a, a brick and mortar yet, but you're interested in, um, in finding one for the, the District of Columbia, um, we're going to have a commercial real estate broker available to talk to you about some of the important things to, to consider when you're thinking about your first brick and mortar location or growing into a new brick and mortar location. So um, we've got lots of resources um, to offer you at that meeting. That's the Bottom Line Labs, September 12th from 9 a.m. to noon, and that will be at SB Works at 2316 Rhode Island Avenue Northeast. You can also find out more information on our website, riamainstreet.org. Okay, um, I think I'm going to run out of energy for talking about announcements for right now. Um, so let's dive right into our, our first guest. Um, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, for those of you who haven't been religiously following everything social media for Rhode Island Avenue Main Street, and I don't know why you wouldn't, <laughs> but anyway, the public option, one of one of our favorite new businesses here on Rhode Island Avenue, has expanded to be open on Thursday nights, and on Thursday nights, they do this very special thing called Open Mic Night, mm-hmm. and it's great. There's so much great talent out there in, in our neighborhood, because everybody that's been coming is, you know, they're picking up a guitar and singing, they're they're reading poetry. They're um, well. They're just doing a little bit of everything. So, when can we expect to see you uh, show us your talent, Kyle? You know, nobody wants to hear me sing ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't well, know. That could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to do that to anybody. All right, all right. But, but check this out. So, uh, our first guest today is is one of um, one of my good friends. We'll just put that out there. And um, he's a, a guy that just he knows a little he knows a lot about a lot of things and history is kind of his groove, and um, so uh, you know what we're just going to dive into this. So please welcome Aaron Denu. Um, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Aaron. Um, so Aaron, you're you're a history buff. You're a neighbor. You live right around the corner from uh, the public option, and you're. Well, well, we'll have a whole other episode talking about what else you do around the city. But um, So you started uh, Open Mic Night by doing a segment called The News. Yeah, I absolutely love it. You know, uh, when Bill and Kathy and Tony kicked off Open Mic about seven weeks ago, uh, they were, you know, putting some people together to see you know, who could be performing at uh, Public Option. And the first night we opened, it was just incredible. Just the feeling was great. We had this young young woman go up to the front and do do some poetry, and everyone was looking around. And she got finished, and we're like, "Oh, what's what's next? Who's going to go up to the stage next?" There's a little bit of an awkward silence, and uh, I figured, uh, you know, I'd go up and give a you know thirty sixty second quick history talk uh, on the neighborhood, and uh, eventually that got branded later on that night by some friends who uh, took my last name which is Danu and uh, started calling it Danu's. <laughs> I love it. I, I love, love it. it. Yeah. And and so you you have um a wide and varied background in in historic preservation and in economic development and um you just you just kind of naturally gravitate towards learning things from a history perspective about the community. 
Um, and so I got to hear, hear it for the first time last night. Um, and, you know, really, it, I was really impressed. And so I thought, you know, this needs to be. People awesome. need to know about this. People need to know about this stuff. <laughs> and, you know, Main Street programs have, um, we have uh, a, a deep uh, root in historic preservation as well from the buildings side of thing. But, you know, having the historical context gives people a reason to want to save historic buildings, right? Right. Um, so... Uh, I think we should be having this as a regular segment on Rhode Island Avenue. Love it. Well, I think, too, it's important for people to know what happened in their neighborhood historically. And a lot of people have no idea some of the rich history in this neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So So we're glad that you know. Thank you. And can share it. Glad somebody's doing this. Right. It's an incredible neighborhood. You know, we live in such a rich rich area of history um, going back as as early as the 1600s the present day i think it's very important for people to um, remember the people that came before us and so uh, what i've been trying to do in a concise way is um, you know give little nuggets out of my archives on local history and so we've really focused on langdon woodridge ward five and last night we did a talk on um, the war of 1812 uh, this this evening, yesterday evening, was the 203rd anniversary of the British marching right through uh, our neighborhood on their way to the capital. And so there's quite a bit of interesting, uh, exciting, beautiful stories that have taken place right here in their neighborhood that really have a strong place in the American story. And uh, I think it's important people for for people to know that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so. Let's let's stop right here. And um, can you can you recreate the talk that you gave last night? Sure. Yeah. Let's 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 do that. Let's let's do a uh, let's do a section of the news if that sounds good for everyone. All sounds right. Good. Uh, we need to find um, a, a soundbite for a news typewriter or something <laughs> like that. A press. Oh, a, a typewriter. That yeah. would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tick, ticker tape, whatever <laughs> they call it. Um, so people are going to say, "What's a typewriter?" Yeah. <laughs> So we'll work on that for future episodes, yeah. but for now, um, we bring dun, 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 dun. you we bring news. You news. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm Aaron Denu, and uh, this is Denu's, uh, a local history talk where we pluck nuggets out of my archives on uh, local history. So, with that said, 203 years ago today, on August 23rd and August 24th, British troops marched right through our neighborhood on their way down to the White House and burnt down Queen's Chapel, which sat about 1,000 feet from public option, right, right where our studio is, just about here this morning. And this was during the War of 1812. So quickly, what's the War of 1812? What led to this invasion, really uh, the only invasion of our nation's capital by a foreign power? As early as 1807, the uh, British uh, basically told us, do not trade with France. We defied those orders, and tensions started mounting. The War of 1812 kicks off, and we find ourselves in a situation where most of the Chesapeake Bay is actually occupied by British forces. And there's a lot of different things going on in the Chesapeake at that time. The British forces were actually forcing U.S. sailors into essentially a slavery system. It was called impressment, uh, where our U.S. sailors were brought aboard uh, British ships and were forced to work. So as that's continuing to happen around 1813, we had about 1,500 U.S. ships that were literally seized by the Brits. And so 203 years ago, we were invaded. Three months before that invasion, the last thing that kind of triggered this was 
up in Upper Canada, uh, American troops had just raided Port Dover, uh, which was a section of British supplies. And after the American troops did that, we actually burnt down some private houses. So that's fresh in the British minds as we find ourselves back to August 23rd, August 24th, 1814. And the British troops begin their march towards the capital. Uh, They go ahead and go down the Chesapeake and land in Benedict, Maryland, which is about 40 miles right here from Rhode Island Avenue, um, public option. And those British troops march from Benedict, uh, Maryland, all the way up about 40 miles and encounter a few skirmishes along the way. And we have this really dramatic scene uh, that happens on August 24th, 1814, right at the Bladensburg Bridge. And it's, it's an incredible scene. Uh, our president, President Madison, is actually on the battlefield. We have U.S. Army, uh, militia, Navy, uh, and Marines, uh, and others that are on the American force side. On the opposite side of the Anacostia, the British forces are there. Uh, we have this dramatic scene where the Brits begin to cross the Anacostia River and not the bridge. And the American forces kind of are, like, taken back by this. They're not sure what's going on. And the Brits see this right away, and they decide to take the, Br- the Bladensburg Bridge in addition to crossing the Anacostia River. So the Brits, uh, unfortunately, cross and breach our first line of defense, which was right over the Bladensburg Bridge, which you can see today. And they breach the second line of defense. They breach the third line of defense. And what's really crazy about this story, and this brings it right back to, again, about 1,000 feet from where we're sitting here today, is in Joseph Brooks' memoir, which is actually in the Library of Congress, there's a, um, there's a piece called The Queen Family of Colonial Maryland. And in that memoir, there's a notation that says, uh, according to Joseph Brooks, that the last spot for the Americans to hold off these British troops as they're invading our national's cap- national capital is at Queen Mansion, which sits at present day about 18th and Franklin. And so at the mansion, uh, those at the mansion, they gathered quickly and, and they ha- hastily put up uh, a fight. Um, it, was, it, it was heroic, but it didn't last long, and the British troops went ahead and marched on downtown to the capital. And I think, you know, this is such an, uh, an American story because a month later, you know, the British troops would go ahead and march down that night and, and burn down most of D.C. But a month after that happened, um, as part of the War of 1812 in Baltimore at Fort McHenry, Francis Scott Key, who is a Georgetown lawyer, actually witnesses this very pinnacle fight at the end of this War of 1812 at Fort McHenry. And he writes this beautiful poem, and it's called The the defense of Fort McHenry. And that poem would later go on to become our Star-Spangled Banner. And so it's, this is just one little piece of our really uh, local neighborhood history that is so intricately tied into the American story. And, um, and, that's, and that's the news. Yay. Wow. wow. Interesting. You know, I always thought the Star-Spangled Banner was written about the, um, the war for independence from Britain. I didn't know it was part of 1812. Yeah, uh, Francis Scott Key, his poem, the, Fort, the, the Defense of Fort McHenry, was, uh, was the lyrics that would later go on. There was a tune that, that the national anthem had already been in existence that was reappropriated, um, but the lyrics from that battle, which was a month after they invaded here, us in War Five, uh, was uh, w- would go on to be our national anthem. But it wasn't really declared our national anthem until later on in the 1900s. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, 
there you have it. There's the news. The news. From uh, how many years ago was that? You said 203 203 years, years wow. ago. Um, yeah. August. The, the British troops landed on August 19th in Benedict, Maryland, and on August 23rd and August 24th is That's when they adventure. began the invasion of our uh, capital. Gotcha. All right, listeners. Well, if you like this little segment, let us know. Uh, shoot us a message on uh, Facebook or Twitter and let us know you want to hear more. And um, Aaron, we'll have you back for regular episodes. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, now it's time to check in with Casey at Good Food Markets. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good, good. What's going on at the market? Um, we have had a nice busy, I feel like I keep saying it's back to school season, but with all the between charter schools and private schools and public schools, um, it's, it's crazy to see who, who starts when. Um, but yeah, we've had a nice, a nice close to summer here. Um, I feel like people are starting to enjoy these nice cooler nights. We've been seeing more red wine sales, not just the white wine. <laughs> so I think people are enjoying, um, the, the break in the heat. I know I am for sure. I am. I needed a sweater last night. So yeah. uh, I did. No, I was in the mall. I needed a sweater. I actually had to get one out of the trunk. So <laughs> we're going to start seeing women with scarves around their necks. Absolutely. And it's, like, it's only 65 degrees. Come on. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. right. So that was actually, it's funny because this past week at the shop, we've been bringing in all of the last of the sour beers that we can because it was Philip and I had been talking about this. Um, it's funny to see the way people consume their alcohol with the seasons. Um, you know, this past summer, we've had crazy success with this crisp, delicious, affordable Vino Verde and the Moncreve Rosé. Um, Rosé is so back and in right now. I think for a long time, people really struggled um, to understand pink wine um, and to feel confident drinking it. Um, but if our store is any testament to the rosé trend, I literally cannot keep it in stock. Um, beer as well. People love the low ABV crisp beers. I think that the trend right now with a lot of the craft stuff is super hoppy, high ABV IPAs, um, which, you know, for some of us who just want to coast on, on some beers on a weekend, um, don't necessarily want that high ABV. Um, so we've been doing really well with sour beers, and I actually brought in some really fun ones. I've got, like, all kinds of watermelon sours. I've got Gozes. I've got a Berliner Weiss that's um, it's passion flower um, and peach. So getting in some of those summer beers while you still can, those daytime porch drinking um, events is, uh, is what these things are for. And... Of course, we're starting to think of the Oktoberfests and the pumpkin beers. You know, Kyle mentions my favorite we'll walk time. around in scarves soon. Yes, um, we started have, with beer. <laughs> we so. have <laughs> up on the shelf. We are ready. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, Oktoberfest, a good German beers. Um, good German beers. Dunkelweiss. Yeah, and then pumpkin beers, which you know, love them or hate them, you got to have at least one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pumpkin everything in the next pumpkin couple of weeks. Everything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, pumpkin tea. We bring in our pumpkin streusel again. Um, yeah, people love pumpkin. Really, it's just like some kind of gourd and, and clove and cinnamon is what people really like. Definitely. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, a couple of fall fests ago, you guys did a great pumpkin um, decorating uh, component for fall fest. Are you guys going to do that again? Yeah. This year? So we're totally Speaking we're trying pumpkin. to figure out what our kid crafts 
going to be, and we're super open to <laughs> any recommendations that the parents might have for activities they want to see during Fall Fest. Um, but we will, um, it's really nice that we get to use the patio space for that because we have all those tables and chairs now. Um, and we want to do a kid activity, you know, whether that's pumpkin decorating, um, we were going to do some leaves and beans and stuff last year. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to have a kid activity and we're trying to, trying to set up a little demo schedule for Fall Fest as well. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. We're super excited for it. It should be, it should be a really nice, a really nice event this year. Okay, Casey, remind folks where they can find Good Food Market, please. Yep, we're at 2006 Rhode Island Avenue Northeast. Um, so we're on the corner of 20th and Rhode Island. Um, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our um, website is getting a beautiful revamp. I can't wait um, to see that. But we're at goodfoodmarkets.com, and we're open seven days a week. So we'll see you guys soon. All right. All right. Thanks, Casey. Take care, Casey. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. So now we're welcoming our next guest, Anthony Dio of Victory Dance Creative. Welcome, Anthony. Thanks for joining us today in the studio. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Tell our listeners about your Victory Dance Creative. It is probably not what they're expecting by the title. Right. So Victory Dance Creative is a design company. It's uh, mostly graphic design. I do a number of different things, illustration, printmaking, signage, posters, you name it. Um, Victory Dance Creative, well, basically, I, in short, I talked to a, an intellectual property lawyer just uh, by chance a couple years ago. Talked to her about starting my own company, and she said, you know what, pick a name that's different, that's creative, that's going to stand out, not just because it's memorable, but because it's not going to cross paths with, you know, an existing company out there. And, and I, you know, I always thought the name uh, Victory Dance Records would be a cool name for a record company. That would like, be you know, cool. Victory Dance, like a touchdown dance kind of thing. Um Usually people don't think I'm a dance studio. It happens once in a while, but it's 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 worked out generally pretty well. Well, I thought you were a dance studio. However, <laughs> that that was just because the name was sent to me. Yeah. So I thought, okay, this is going to be a dance. You know, <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. So uh, tell our listeners about your DC neighborhood project. So yeah, um, uh, the company is mostly well known for uh, a neighborhood project that I've been doing. I, I've I've had tents at places like 8th Street Festival, Crafty Bastards, Columbia Heights Day, so on and so forth. And so I, I've done now 40 different neighborhoods, 40 different posters for 40 different neighborhoods in and around D.C. And uh, they're all screen printed. They're all uh, meaning they're, they're, each color is physically printed by hand by me on the paper. So it's, it's a bit laborious. It's uh, been going for two years. It's still, gro- still growing, still expanding. Um. Yeah, it's it's uh, it got a little press here and there, so it's it's gotten um, more traction than I than I had hoped it would initially. So it's uh, it's a fun project, and we just had a um, a show of all of them together for the first time. We at the about the two year mark, I also reached the forty poster mark, and I thought, well, let's show all these off in one place at the same time. Have a little reception at my my shared studio space in Edgewood and Northeast. Uh, yeah. So how did it start? So it started with, um, so two years ago, around the same time that I started my own company, I kind of wanted a way to, to honestly, uh, one, get a little a little more traction, a little more visibility, and hopefully bring in, you know, new clients and, and that sort of thing. And, and so this was uh, a way to help do that. Also, it's, for the first time ever in my career, I had some time to do a project that I wanted to on my own without 
a client, and so it, it sort of left me with a, a strange feeling the whole time I was starting it, which is, is any going is anybody going to be interested? Is anybody going to buy these? There's other, you know, kind of local and neighborhood themed projects out there. I want this to be different, and I, I'd seen a couple of those other projects, mm-hmm. and I kind of got excited, like, well, you know, what about my neighborhood, and what would I do if this, if I were to take on like a DC type project? And I thought, well, you know. It, I think it'd be fun to have illustrations in the neighborhood and for it to be very colorful and to be screen printed, which is something I've been doing for a while. Um, and I think other people that live and maybe even visit D.C. would really like to have prints or posters of something that is not just the Capitol, the White House, the monuments, right, the Washington right. Monument. So um, so each of these posters shows off things like landmarks in the neighborhoods or just you know row houses or... You know, with uh, something like Brightwood, you have the big sort of Eiffel Tower-looking uh, antennas that that rise over the horizon over there. Yeah, I, um, your website, VictoryDanceCreative.com, um, for those people listening, um, you've got images of all the posters, and they are so brightly colored, and and they aren't the images aren't your typical tourist. Uh, images and I love that there's actually a poster for Woodridge. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. and it's completely different than the other DC projects, mm-hmm. which is nice. And it, it's funny. I've lived in DC for many years, and back in the day, the the name of the different neighborhoods that really wasn't how you described where you live. You right. described, oh, I live in whatever co- quadrant, and then you said, but like I would say, uh, I'm from Northeast and live near Catholic, but yeah. now. You know, I live in Woodridge, yeah, and right. you know it, that, that's so. This is perfect timing. The timing of it is great, and you sh- showed the different pictures. I, I mean, I've se- seen the different pictures. How do you decide? I mean, in certain neighborhoods like Chinatown, obviously you would do the right. the, the gate, but right, in right. other neighborhoods, how do you decide what you're going to take a picture of? So with with all of them, I wanted it to be something um, not necessarily obvious with chinatown yeah there's the gate which is beautiful it's so it's kind of like you know why ignore it you know and maybe i can do it and show it from an interesting point of view which is to have some you know a newer and a historical building sort of flanking it and maybe it's not just a dead straight on angle maybe it's sort of oblique from the side and shows some street life and that kind of stuff too but for all these um i either walked or bicycled through the neighborhoods and took, um, you know, a dozen, couple dozen photographs of buildings, houses, stores, whatever was there that I thought was interesting, and then went through them later and sort of figured out what worked compositionally. With some of them, I knew what I wanted to have in there just because I, I knew the neighborhoods well from either living there, passing through there, uh, you know, doing what, you know. So for something, something like um, Brightwood, it has that famous, like I mentioned, that that big antenna that sticks up, and I thought that was that would be an interesting thing. Like everybody knows the the big towering Washington Monument, and um, for anybody who's been through that part of Northwest, there they'd immediately recognize those those towers. I thought that was just an interesting uh, kind of unique thing to that neighborhood. Um, yeah, the 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 spires in Cathedral Heights, right. the, the spires of the church there. Um, you know the the very um, iconic image of georgetown but yet not right, i mean right. it's just it i this is great stuff and and we're so excited you're going to be at fall fest this year you're going to be one of our vendors at fall fest we're really looking forward to that yeah i'm looking forward to it it'll be my first time and um it's it's an area that's become more and more familiar to me as my my studio is not so far away from here 
Yeah, let's talk about your studio, um, the the shared uh, art space in there. I, I when I went to your your show a few weeks ago, that was my first time being in that space. Right. Can you talk a little bit about the the space in general? Yeah, so uh, my space is in Edgewood in Northeast. It's it's uh, for some people it would be the building would be familiar as where Mess Hall is, which is a shared kitchen space, which is. You know, they have membership. It's kind of like Union Kitchen where they have, they have membership and, and food trucks and so on belong there. And we're on the upper level of the building, um, which is kind of informally known as Edgewood Studios. And um, so for something like 30-plus years, um, it's a warehouse space that's been used as artist studios. So painters, sculptors, um, what have you, have studio spaces there. And there are three of us who uh, belong to... A group known as Pleasant Plains Workshop, which used to be in Pleasant Plains, D.C., and we relocated to Edgewood for bigger studio space. There are three of us. We're all printmakers. Um, it's a pretty decently large space and has a great big long white wall, which is great for, for showing off stuff. So, you know, a couple or a few times a year we have a show there or just have an open studio and, and people are welcome to show up. But it's, it's, worked, it's worked really well. And, and again, looking at your website, you do so many other things, as you mentioned earlier in the show, from basic graphic design right. projects. But, you know, you've got signage and wayfinding, books and publications. Um, you've, got, you've got a long list of things you do here. How do you find time to do all that? <laughs> um, I mean, those, some of those have been, been done just uh, over the years. And I mean, it's, it's my full time job now, which is fantastic being able to find clients and work for you know do the kind of work you're interested in and work for a variety of people from you know dc startups to you know foreign policy type groups to nonprofits to food businesses you name it so um i should say uh, even though i do a lot of printmaking my my training and background is as a graphic designer so i, I went to a, a traditional design school art school and uh, since then, over the last 13 or so years, uh, I worked at it. first a traditional design firm and then for eight years at an architecture firm, which is where I did a lot of signage and wayfinding kind of stuff. And, and uh, just over two years ago, uh, did my, my own stuff full time. I also have a ton of, uh, I should say before this project, this neighborhood project, I did tons and tons of music posters, like concert posters for dc bands for regional bands for nationally and internationally known bands as well so that that's kind of been a good you know training ground for illustration and printmaking and you know all things uh color wise yeah you are not afraid of color (laughs) Uh, you know looking at all the you know different instances of your of your work you everything is very vibrant thanks i mean it's i dig color i mean i figured i you know I always kind of figured if, if I'm into something, other people are, are probably going to be into something, too, and it's worked out fairly well. And I think, you know, if you go into a place like Etsy or a lot of, um, you know, handmade projects and, and some local stuff, whether it's here or local to New York or, or wherever, um, you'll see a lot of stuff that's very cool and tan and beige or very slight and on, like, a wood grain surface. And I feel like there's kind of... Um, the comfort in doing something that's quiet and it's almost easier in a way than dealing with harsh, vibrant, bright colors. And, and, um, and not, personally, I like stuff on my wall that's, that's super bright. So Yeah, yeah there, and there's, it seems like there would be not very much room for air with those really bright colors. Right. Like you, people would notice if something was out of place or off because it's just so bright. Yeah. 
that's that's a good point. Although silkscreen tends to be pretty forgiving, and these posters, when you, I mean, if you were to take a jeweler's loop to this, you would, you would see tiny things like you know, uh, a little section of reds peeking out under the purple. But people people don't care. Nobody's gonna you know generally nobody's taking a look at one of these and be like, hey, your color registration's <laughs> off on the blue layer. I, I don't Kyle know if would. I want no. it. Like, <laughs> no, no, Kyle would not. Yeah. I know. I'm kidding. Uh, Kyle, Kyle is. Um, we pre- wouldn't notice. Pretty much yeah. of a caveman around these things. Uh, but I do like bright colors. Um, it's These are great. Uh, and I know that I've already set aside money to, to buy several of the neighborhood posters from cool. you at Fall Fest. So just make sure you bring one of everything. Will do. <laughs> at least. So what are you working on outside of the neighborhood project? And what type of clients, what would they be looking for if they came to you, I guess? What's your ideal client? Who, who's your favorite What's your favorite project to work on? I mean, I really do like uh, working on a variety of things. You know, pe- people have asked me before, like, oh, so you do, would you want to do posters full time? And I was like, I love making, you know, designing and printing posters, but that's certainly not what I would want to do 100% of the time. I like doing, you know, something I'm going to be doing right after this when I, when I get back to my home office is laying out a newsletter for... Um, for a program called South Africa Now, which is a you know a newsletter that promotes South Africa to other people around the world, that's one of the sort of foreign policy clients that I have. Um, what else? Oh, another fun thing I've been doing this year is I've been doing the the game programs for DC United, the major league, our home major league soccer mm-hmm. team. Yeah, yeah. And that's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's kind of as fun as you'd think. Like looking through you know action photos of. Uh, super athletes and and you know the sports graphics is kind of relatively new to me but it's it's super fun um they're gonna have a new stadium opening next year which should be great so um so the ideal clients i guess um it it could be you know uh, startups i mean every every project has kind of its its pluses and, and challenges but you know startups are great established companies looking to make a change or or strengthen their their image or their communications there are tons and tons of associations and nonprofits in dc and i love working for them are you uh gonna have another show soon besides fall fest that's a good question i hadn't i just wrapped up this last one and then traveled for for a couple of weeks but if and when i do it, it it might not be the neighborhood posters it might not just be the neighborhood posters i've done like i mentioned i've done dozens and dozens of posters for um bands in particular and for events um i'm actually going to be printing the next one i'm going to be printing is the uh, dc state fair posters oh cool um which happens toward the end of september i want to say september 24th yep um so if i do do one of my work it might be um music posters event posters and and, you know seeing those all over I, i don't even know if one huge wall would would you know, being <laughs> being enough space. I've, I've basically been doing them for thirteen, fourteen years. So um, that could be it. I, I've I've done. I have a past. I've do, I did a two or three different gallery shows of rock posters um, years ago. There was one at um, Civilian Art Projects here in DC. There was one at the Athenaeum in, in uh, Arlington, and, and um, so I might I might participate in another one of those. We'll see. Maybe we'll figure out a way to have a. A show on Rhode Island Avenue somewhere. That that might be fun. Let me ask you something about the neighborhood uh, program. Have you done all of the D.C. neighborhoods that you're going to do, or have you done all of them? Well, I 
I've certainly no to both. <laughs> no to both. I'm looking forward to doing more of them. I've, mm-hmm. to be honest, um, even though I've I've lived here for ten plus years and was born here, I um, every time I do you know an H Street Festival or something like that, I, I learn oftentimes about a new neighborhood or a new name yeah, for a neighborhood a that name. I had heard Noma. Before. What was that? Yeah, <laughs> Noma or. You know, I did one for Capitol Hill, and, and you know, it, it's good to hear people, you know, push for their neighborhood when I, I get it. Like, I, I'm sorry I haven't <laughs> done your neighborhood yet if, if you know, if you're Well, you did Woodridge, so you're okay with us. You're okay with us. There's but. always a few new ones, like, you know, Crestwood or Shepherd Park or, you know, Hill East. A lot of people want Foggy Bottom, and I might do Foggy Bottom eventually. This is more more about neighborhoods that's sort of outside of, of downtown but right. there are no hard and fast rules to these so okay. well I, I could you'll probably get requests for i Lang- would bring a lot of woodridge and brookland and langdon oh well langdon the, is a new one yep. yeah langdon is a new one you, you know with, fort lincoln people are gonna want that probably yeah brentwood yeah, yeah. brentwood is not so new but um right, right. it's it's gaining a, a whole new level of impassioned um Resident, so I'm sure yeah. they'll. Yeah, I mean, none of these neighborhoods are new. I mean, new a new poster. Yes. We'll need a right, new poster. Right, right. So, yes. well, we're yeah. looking forward to seeing you at Fall Fest. And if our listeners want to find out more about Victory Dance Creative, where should they look? Uh, my website. It's it's kind of a you know wordy company name, but it's it's uh, all one word: VictoryDanceCreative.com. Very right. good. Very thanks, good. Anthony, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much. We'll see you at Fall Fest. See you then. Bye. Okay, so that is going to wrap up uh, another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, be sure and let us know uh, if you like the idea of the news. Uh, yeah. uh, head over to iTunes and give us a, a five-star rating because I think we deserve that. I think so. Uh, and uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and, and tell your friends about the show. All right. Thanks. thanks. We'll see you next week.